Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, how's your Memorial Day weekend been so far? I heard you got to spend some time with some awesome people in this, specifically an awesome person. Oh, you heard about all this awesomeness, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was. Um, it, it just, has just, a, just, just to let you know from that, that new Taylor Swift song, it was like, you can't spell awesome without me. <laughs> That's true. Um, it's been really great so far and uh, really busy and I'm really tired. And um, But I think... Uh, it was a really great experience uh, for you and I and a bunch of other foodies to spend uh, the weekend together. And we're still hashtag not a couple. Yes, not a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went up north. We needed to eat some discounted food because of the exchange rate. So mm-hmm. we, had, we had, man, we ate a lot of food. But that's that's more to come later in the show. Welcome to Seattle Foodie Podcast, everyone. This is episode 37. Thank you so much for listening. We have a great show for you today. Awesome interview. Monica, I'm pretty excited about this one because you've been wanting to get this person on this show for a long, long time. Oh yeah, it's it's all your words, Nelson. Awesome, fantastic, perfect. <laughs> Those are all Nelson words, you guys. <laughs> yes, I've been so excited and so happy it uh, it's coming out. Well, let's get into some recaps, shall we? Yes. Awesome. Come with me, and you'll be in the world of pure imagination. <laughs> oompa loompa oompa dee doo. <laughs> All right, Monica, I'm talking about chocolate. Of course oh. I'm talking about chocolate, right? Okay. Either that either that, or we're going to analyze Gene Wilder, but um, I'm guessing <laughs> we're going to talk about Theo's. So I'm talking about Theo's chocolate, and they are creating a new Theo Factor experience. And Monica, you and I got a chance to check it out firsthand, and it's now open to the public, and it started on May 24th, so mm-hmm. on Friday. So for the Factor experience, participants will be able to learn and experience the chocolate-making stages from bean to bar, and Theo makes all of their chocolate products on their own. So you got to see the entire factory process. Of course, samples. I mean, we had a samples, samples, samples. Mm -hmm. So many dark chocolate samples Mm -hmm. we got. That was so much fun. I I really enjoy it. We got to really see a lot of the cacao process and how it became from like the cacao bean to how it's processed into chocolate. And shout out to our tour guide, Aaron. He was phenomenal. Knew so much about the chocolate process. And I had such a great time. I did too. I know you had been on the tour before. I never have. I mean, you and I are used to touring production facilities as part of the podcast, but we were really experiencing the tour as anybody else would. And so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really accessible for people. I love the revamped design, even though I hadn't been there before. You know, they were telling us how they revamped the design of the actual physical space, added technology, and uh, found really, I think, great ways to tell people the story of Theo's organic fair trade chocolate, which is really important in terms of um, paying fair wages for workers and knowing where their products come from and getting to see all that up close. But I know your favorite, Nelson, your favorite was the mold. What mold was your favorite? Oh my gosh. gosh. For all you Star Wars geek, it's the Han and Carbonite from Empire Strikes Back, like just before <laughs> Princess Leia 
tells Han, I love you. Han goes, I know. And then he is frozen in carbonite. And then Boba Fett takes him out to Tatooine and then with Jabba the Hutt as a slave. But it's the chocolate mode of the Han and carbonite. It is so awesome. And I just really geeked out about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hold on. This is breaking news. Breaking news. I am looking at our listenership. And literally, when you were just talking about that, it took a severe dip. Mm. <laughs> exactly this is why just just like the exact reason why i don't post a picture of myself on my nelson eats ig page because i don't want to lose a thousand followers because of my, my ugly face is on there so that's i like I the pictures of you and i think people want to see pictures of you we take a lot of great photos of you um they all end up in the stories but you never post any of that on your personal page and i think you're very relatable to people and you have a really like a nice kindness about you Monica, it was so hard going from a thousand to two thousand. I don't want to go back to a thousand followers. This is really difficult. <laughs> okay, Nelson. <laughs> Whatever. Check out Theo's chocolate. Their factor experience is fantastic. We also got awesome gift bag from them. I think I'm gonna be giving away some chocolate, Monica. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Um, I wish I would have thought about it before I ate half of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I like chocolate a lot. so. Okay. And then Monica from the Theo Chocolate Factory Experience, we went to another event. I love this place. The Imaginary Magazine, Seattle Prom Magazine calls it the best place to take your prom date. It's called the Palisade. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we had an evening uh, celebrating happy hour and there are a number of influencers there. And I have to say, what a perfect day. I mean, summer is really here. And Palisade gave us a sneak preview of their happy hour items and summer cocktails. So we tried a whole bunch of stuff from sashimi grade ahi spoons to Alaskan snow crab tacos, shave primer and sliders. And actually, my favorite was these uh, lovely shrimp skewers, prawn skewers. Sorry. And uh, they introduced two new summer cocktails. I think you tried one, um, the Palisade Blackberry Smash, and they also had a Dock Cider. And um, I hear there was some interactive art on display as well. I must have missed that part. Oh, no, oh, I didn't. didn't miss that. You didn't miss the interactive art. <laughs> what are you like, talking about? It was all interactive art. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell us about the interactive art, Nelson? Well... The famous Seattle artist, menu artist, Dosfi, was on hand. And normally he draws menus, right? And he draws fantastic designs on the menus, blacks out the menu, and then with the gold pen starts tracing. Well, Monica, I have news for you. There were no menus to be in sight for this event. So we had to use a different canvas, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, so uh, our friend, Justin Oba, and you can find him at Obelicious PNW, decided that his back would be a new canvas for Dosfi to create on. And it was captured by a number of people. I mean, we were all capturing it, but I think Find Me in Seattle got the first video up. I'll be putting one up on IGTV on my personal account at some point. There was a wolf drawn on Justin Oba's back, and yeah. we got to see it happen and interact with the entire, like, feel like we were a part of it. And um, I'll be excited next time I see Oba to see if he still has it on him. <laughs> well, Dosby does use a permanent marker. So I know, I know. He does. Those are permanent markers. And it was a gorgeous rendition of a wolf. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> but going back to the Palisade, food was fantastic. Introduced 
a lot of new items for their happy hour menu. And I, as I, we mentioned, there's the summer cocktails as well. Go and check out Palisade. Great view. I really enjoyed the prime rib sliders myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love prime rib. So when you make it in sandwich form, you know me in sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's match made in heaven. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. But check it out. If you do post anything on Instagram, make sure you tag hashtag Palisades SEA or Palisade Summer. Mm-hmm. Will right. do. And then Monica, we just came back and we kind of teased it at the beginning of our intro. We all went on a trip to Vancouver and Richmond. So we went up north. I'm going to let you know right now, we are going to need at least a four-week detox after <laughs> everything we ate this oh, week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was it was a lot. Um, but you know, what What else could we expect, right? We have limited amount of time. We're trying to make the most of everything, want to eat everything. And Vancouver is just such a great food city. It's just amazing. Yeah. This wasn't a food crawl. This was like a food gorge. I mean, <laughs> we got up there at around, I don't know, five o'clock and we went through four different places, mm-hmm. Kokoro for masa soba noodles, Cardam's donuts. I went and met up with our other foodie friends and we did Kurasan Katsu Kitchen and Bubble Tea Shop. And we got you a mochi waffle to bring back to the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Day two. Oh my goodness. Woke up early, not to go hiking, but we went to Moku <laughs> Bakery, Beta 5 Chocolate, lunch at Reisu. Then we decided to go back to Richmond and get Milk Cow for some soft serve. Then we had to get dumplings at R&H Chinese food. Mm-hmm. And then you needed a nap, which I should have gone with you to get a nap. But they twisted my arm and we went all the way back to Steveston for some Steveston pizza and <laughs> an epic seafood pizza, which is ridiculous. And that wasn't the end because we had the Richmond night market all the way from seven to midnight. That was crazy. And then day three was just a half day. So just a little couple places, Baker and Table, Cafe Bakery for some awesome mochi baked goods. Then we had lunch at Shanghai River. And then we all finished it off at HK Barbecue Master because we had to take some Chinese barbecue home. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's just face it. Seattle can't do Chinese barbecue like Vancouver does. No, so good. So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And then so you, Monica, you forgot oh. one stop. Oh, and then, uh, yes, because we always have to end it with bubble tea at the end to drink it while we're waiting on the border. Yeah, we went to Bobby Fruity and <laughs> got a got some uh, souffle pancakes too as well. So, Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it, tell you that earlier. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you guys, just so you know, like, it's a really good thing. Nelson and I are not a couple because I'm really mad at him right now at this very minute. That's why he's telling me on air and didn't tell me before. Okay, fine. Um, (laughs) so, um, no, that was all really great. And, you know, just so y'all know, the difference between Nelson and I is that it's really easy to twist Nelson's arm to do lots of things. (laughs) but not mine. So I took a nap. I took a nap and I just, I just, I just felt a lot better for it. And there are a lot of regrets about other folks who did not take a nap (laughs) because Richmond night market is no joke. Most people just go to the night market, not us. We had to put in a full day before the night market. Yeah, no, I mean, foodies do what foodies do. I mean, we, we, Hey, when we, when you're in Rome, you have to take advantage. There are some places, I mean, shout out to Annie eats food and tiny hangry tip Mm -hmm. for, getting everything organizing everything together i mean it was so much so good that i didn't even have to like think about where we're going because it was like yes. we're doing this and then we're going to do that and then let's head this and it's like it was 
a great itinerary. Like I said, I do need to detox because all this like working out, man, I think I just ruined it all of it in two days. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with you, Nelson, that it's really nice because you, I mean, all of us foodies, we sort of get used to being in a position where we have to plan family trips or like for our friends, we always have to plan things because everybody wants to know where to eat, but don't want to take responsibility or do the research to do that. And Annie and Tiff did such a great job in so many different ways. And it was just really nice for me to be able to like hang out and be like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Or that sounds awesome or yeah i'll go do this and and so it's a lot of work and so you're right mad props to them for doing it so let's talk a little bit about the richmond night market monica any tips to think to tell people while you're going up north and want to check it out because first of all number one you guys want to check the times because in years past it used to start at four but when we checked it it started at 7 p.m go online and make sure you go to the website to make sure you check that mm -hmm. that time is there the zoom pass we ended up using the zoom pass to get in um, can you tell them tell the listeners more about the zoom pass <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i'm laughing at nelson okay so so a couple of tips i mean i think before you go to richmond night market you have to reflect about like is this a foodie crew or like friends and family crew and like think about the kind of group that you have because it really makes a difference in terms of what you're going to do and get in there but when you get in there the whole place is a big parking lot parking's free but there's going to be a line to the far right for the zoom pass so a lot of people say zoom pass for 28 dollars. i don't know if it's worth it so for $28, you get a little business card that has six punches in it. And that means six of you get to go in line. And, and that line, have to tell you, moves faster. I've been in both lines before. I've been at the front of the line for the regular line. And then I've also been in the Zoom Pass line. They let the Zoom Pass folks in quicker. And so I think for me, absolutely the $28 is worth it because you can use it all season. So like if it's just me and my family, I can use the other three punches when I come back next time. And um, it seems like a small thing, but the place really fills up fast because the biggest crowd is there in the beginning. Try to have your group all together. I mean, <laughs> and I would say I would say try really hard to have everybody wrangled up and in line at 630 because once they open up, they open up. And, and so just know where all your people are. Otherwise, you know, there's a lot of like trying to catch them because there's only one card. Favorite things to eat and do there when you when we were at the Richmond Night Market? I'd say even though I'd say my absolute favorite thing that I ate on this trip, and just so you know, there's like a rotation of dishes. So every season, there's some hot new dishes that come out and some fan favorites. My favorite was by far the garlic chicken skins, fried chicken skins that we had. They were so delicious. And honestly, if no one was looking, I would have eaten them all. I mean, and I could <laughs> feel it. Like I could feel it when I was eating them. I'm just like, this is so bad for me. But it tasted so decadent, so crunchy and salty and garlicky. And it was like a lighter pork rind, so it wasn't as heavy. Um, so that was by far my favorite. Uh, what was your favorite? Personally, my favorite was the bosom pork belly that we had. Mm. That was really good. And there was some other things as well, but I have to agree those chicken skins were really <laughs> phenomenal. So um, I didn't know what to do. There's a drink spot that was selling like different juices. Mm -hmm. And so you had like the, your watermelon, your strawberry and your pineapple, but I got the honeydew. It was actually really refreshing. Mm -hmm. It was a good drink. They had the honeydew pulp in it and it wasn't as sweet as 
you know, a lot of places they sweeten it with sugar, but I think Mm -hmm. it was just like natural honeydew juices that they had in there that they were selling. So those were probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you let me taste that one. That was really mild and and you're right. Refreshing. I think ingesting too much sugar at a night market is a really difficult thing to navigate because of how much food we consume. I mean, you and I kind of eat a lot of food anyway, like when we're doing crawls, but like the night market, it's no joke. (laughs) I mean, it's completely in it to win it. Right. Absolutely. And I forgot those mochi strawberries. Those are pretty good too with the mm-hmm. red bean in the center. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an example of like a fan favorite because those have been at the market for a while. So it's a um, upside down strawberry and it's covered with red bean paste and then mochi on the outside and then they're sliced in half uh, so you can get a really nice picture of it. So this was my first time at the Richmond Night Market. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. I do want to go back because I ended up spending about $45 worth of money on those stupid (laughs) arcade games. And all I came out with were some damn consolation prizes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I am going to practice at home for the next couple months and I'm going to come back, kill it because I want to win those stuffed animals. You know, it's just all like one in a million chances, right? I mean, they're all designed for people to lose. I mean, spraying Pam and slicking things up. I mean, the the best one that we saw was that toilet bowl one because you could get a really yeah. great prize. But like basically you had to throw this ball in the toilet bowl and it would not stay in the toilet bowl. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It would not. Oh, man. No. And yeah. shout out to Tiny Hangry Tiff for uh, getting into these big inflatable balls on the water. Um, she got in one and my son got in one. They had a great time, but they were both pooped afterwards. Yeah, the hamster wheel, they the call hamster it, right? Wheel, the hamster yeah. wheel, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of fun. So there's not just food, you guys. There's live music. There's fun carnival games. There's interactive games. Oh, um, I bought socks. I bought socks, yeah. <laughs> yes. I bought <laughs> I bought designer socks. Yeah, they were awesome. I mean, they had Bruce Lee, Ninja Turtles. I got Batman. I got Iron Man. I got the shrimp chips. I got got them all. I got all of them. You you realize you just talked more about listed more socks than you did food and we're talking about the night market. (laughs) You realize that? You talk more about socks than food. Okay, Uh, Nelson. No, I'm I'm a fan of Korean socks as well. And I get all of my Korean socks every year at the night market when we go. So I always stock up. Okay. Well, that was a lot of fun. Um, But let's go ahead and move on, shall we? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So we got two events going on for this week. Like we mentioned, it was going to be, this is a three-day weekend. And so once we move in, uh, by the time we get into the next week, it'll be June. And we have some fun events. And starting this Friday, on the last Friday of every month, Delicatus and Chef Derek Shanklin hosts a Friday night dinner series. You may have seen it before because they always pick a theme. They've done barbecue before. And this Friday on May 31st from 7 to 10 p.m., the theme is A Taste of Italy. So Mm -hmm. Chef Derek will be creating some of his favorite classic Italian dishes. It's a four-course dinner for $55, and you can purchase the tickets at delicatusitaliandinner2019.brownpapertickets.com. And you can also do a search for Delicatus on Facebook and find the event there too Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I've never been to one of those events, but I've been just Fridays are really hard for me. I mean, you know that, but not everybody does. Um, But yeah, it looks like a really great deal. And we already know how great Delicatus is in terms of sandwiches, because everybody knows that's the number one sandwich place, according to Nelson. And so Nelson's a sandwich connoisseur. So everybody listens to that. 
<laughs> yes, I'm I'm a sandwich fiend. I yes. I agree. Hello, my name is Nelson and I like sandwiches. <laughs> and Star Wars. <laughs> and Star Wars. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but I, I totally agree. I really love these dinner series. I've mm -hmm. seen them on Instagram stories before and I've seen the highlights of it. I think it's really great because Delicatus is usually just a lunch, a great mm -hmm. lunch spot and happy hour spot and an early dinner. And they serve a lot of sa great sandwiches as well as some other things as well. But this really allows them to kind of stretch their legs a little bit mm -hmm. and kind of diversify themselves. And I'm kind of excited to see what kind of courses they're they're going to be creating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, Monica, another weekend event that starts on Friday and goes all the way to June 1st. Tell us about the Summer Solstice Night Market and Beer Festival. Yes. On Friday, May 31st, starting at 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. And on June 1st, from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., Magnuson Park Hangar 30, so that's an indoor facility, will host the Summer Solstice Night Market and Beer Festival. This is one of those events that combines both like family friendly options with ticketed adult only beer tasting. So you have something for everyone. For the beer tasting, tickets are available on Eventbrite and it costs $25, which gets you eight tasting tokens. And there's tons of beer, seltzer, and ciders on tap. Um, let me tell you, eight, eight tasting tokens, that, that's a lot. I've, I've had eight before. I could really take that number down. So it should be enough for everyone to have a great time. The event also features over 150 booths and live music, so you can do it all. You can shop, snack, and you can dance the night away. Although the family-friendly portion of the event is free, there is a suggested donation of $3 per person, which benefits a local nonprofit. Not sure who the nonprofit is going to be this time. They're often announced at the event, but an example of a previous nonprofit is uh, Solid Ground. So Nelson, you recently went axe throwing, is that right? Oh yeah, I did recently go axe throwing. Yeah. I went axe throwing for the second time. Oh wow! So you've been and twice. I, I have been twice. It's it's a great time to hang out, go for a date spot, just hang out with friends. It's a really really fun time. That's awesome. I've never been, but what I hear is that PNW Axe Throwing Company is also going to be at the Summer Solstice Night event. So um, I've seen it. I've seen the setup on online, and it's like a big cage, and so they have it all caged off. Um, but you can get that same axe throwing experience without having to go to one of these companies. So that's kind of cool, right? Well, had I known, I wouldn't have gone axe throwing to those other places and paid for and paid and reserved a lane. I could have just paid three dollars and just start axe throwing all day. <laughs> well, maybe starting I, at four p.m. on Friday. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's included or if they charge if they have a cost. I mean, sort of like other vendors, they charge for things, right? But I think yeah. the convenience factor is very cool because yeah. making it more accessible to people um, to try it out as opposed to just waiting for people to come to you. So I think it's. A great concept if they can make a mobile concept work absolutely it is just it is a really fun event and activity to do you guys should just try it and mm -hmm. head over to the summer solstice mm -hmm. night market and check it out yep do you know who else is going to be there i do not please enlighten me <laughs> one of our favorite gelato companies nutty squirrel gelato is going to be there oh and, yeah yeah and they'll probably have some fan favorites and some yummy seasonal flavors because they rotate those sort of as fruit comes into season perfect Perfect. Fantastic. Right? Fantastic. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a perfect segue into our interview today. So Tolga Saman is the co-owner and gelato master of Nutty Squirrel Gelato. 
In 2016, Tolka was a finalist in the Gelato World Tour, which is an international competition. Now, Nelson, you and I, we don't need a title or a contest to tell us how good the gelato is, right? Oh, no. No, this is fantastic gelato. <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> is. We love it. Uh, so today, our interview is with Tolka. Give it a listen. Hello, everyone. Today, Nelson and I are here with Tolga Seaman, and he is with Nutty Squirrel Gelato. And Nutty Squirrel Gelato, as you know, we've talked about on the show many, many times, so we're definitely big fans. Uh, welcome to the show, Tolga. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. So let's dive into it. Tolga, how did you start making gelato? Tell us the story. Oh, it's a quite long story. And we'll I shorten it a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. So... The first introduction to making professional gelato came with the, the, the college age, and I learned the trade from one of the masters in Rome uh, out of the Culinary Institute, uh, and that was went into back burner for quite a while. I am originally acoustical and audio engineer, mm. so I've done uh, my business for years. When my son came around, who's nine now, uh, we decided to do something else with my wife. And making gelato or the business of gelato is, uh, for me, it was like a meditation in some ways. When I uh, start working on recipes or virtually preparing on making them, and rather the instant gratification side of that has always been incredibly attractive to me. So I started with a really strong passion and I still go at it today mm -hmm. with the same passion. I love it. Um, it's super fun. That's basically mm -hmm. how everything pretty much came together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and folks, I failed to mention, Toka is absolutely a gelato master and that means something. And if you've ever seen him on the streets, and if you haven't, you, you probably will because he's everywhere. He's actually <laughs> out there on the street selling gelato. Um, that that energy really comes through. Yes, that, I, I totally agree. I, what, I've heard you several times talk about gelato. It's just, <laughs> you're so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Thank so. you. I love this space. We're right now in Magnolia and the mm -hmm. Nutty Squirrel Gelato right now. What's the concept behind Nutty Squirrel? Uh, the con concept in terms of the physical space or the, the business The business concept in general. Perfect. Business concept in general behind Nutty School is, is kind of a bit more broadening now, but at the center was our family and our friends to be able to get together in one space, mm -hmm. uninterrupted, enjoy something that is made with passion. Just like um, imagine in a sense that the, the dinner parties, dinner parties are not necessarily about the food only. Obviously, that's a cornerstone, but it's gathering, being together. And everything was designed around that. That said, really, really good food <laughs> contributes quite a bit. Uh, so is gelato the only thing that you make here? No, we, uh, so gelato is definitely our core competency, but along with that, we do have a pasticceria, kind of a, a micro-scale pasticceria concept. We have the baked goods, we have the desserts, the mousses and panacotas and tiramisus, along with that full line of gourmet espresso experience, and it's growing. Okay, so let's talk gelato. Absolutely. Monica and I, we, we eat a lot of gelato mm -hmm. in general, <laughs> so we do know the difference between what gelato and ice cream is, mm -hmm. but can you tell our listeners what, what exactly mm -hmm. is gelato and what, what the, how does that differentiate from ice cream? Absolutely. 
I'll be more than happy to. So the, the core difference, if you have to funnel it down to one single thing, is the predominant ingredient that is being whole milk mm -hmm. in gelato okay. versus cream in ice cream. Ice cream is just as it's in name, ice and cream. It's a cream is creating this overrun, uh, basically air incorporation into the product. And ice is freezing and binding everything fairly together. Um, gelato is a little bit different in composition. It has a higher solid content along with that um, warmer temperature, serving temperature. It is bind together, not by freezing, it's actually not only by freezing, right. but also with the composition, the structure of the mix, the recipe, the whey content, and, and the amount of the fat coming from the whole milk, mm -hmm. amount of the uh, fat coming from the other ingredients, and actually all of them, and the sugar structure inside. Um, because of its uh, simple recipe, and we're taking just an average recipe, uh, it's approximately give or take a quarter of the butterfat content. Okay. Premium ice cream in the United States, uh, about 20% fat. Gelato's average is around 5 to 6%, mm -hmm. and the higher end it would be 8%. Mm -hmm. So the higher butterfat content. This is by no means to say one is good, one is bad. It's, um, it's apples and oranges right, right. Uh, in that sense. The product, because of its structure, is served in the warmer temperature. It's a, it's a heat shock resistance is higher in gelato. Therefore, at the enjoying stage, the first sensation when you place it on your tongue, it's actually a little bit warmer. Mm -hmm. Therefore, more flavor receptacle rather than mm. a bit of numbness from the okay. cold. Yeah. Our recipes usually serve anywhere between five to nine degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Uh, and in occasionally can go up as well, which is fairly reasonable and mm -hmm. it doesn't give you a brain freeze. Yeah, and butterfat for me in ice cream is a big deal. So that always plays into my decision about what my favorite. I mean, by far, my favorite ice creams will have higher contents of butterfat, which is why I enjoy gelato because you can still get that really creamy, sinful flavor with, with like you were saying, less butterfat. Precisely, and then the so in the ice cream structure, uh, ice cream recipes, the flavor is carried on the butterfat because yeah. that that's the that's highest what? basically content or the nutrition in there. But on the gelato case, you have a lot more solids that you can load all your flavors into. Water is not a, so ice cream is basically active water which is turning into ice, and then cream. Cream carries the flavor. On the gelato side, you have a lot more structure that solids that helps you carry it forward. Yeah. And no ice formation that creates the disconnect, if you will, mm -hmm. in the flavor consistency. Yeah. Okay, so, see, I love all this knowledge. Me too. I'm just, <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, we're getting just, the science of it. Because I, like, I always say, like, cooking is science, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, like, these chemical reactions and how things bind together. So, yeah, I love this stuff. <laughs> so, Toga, I want to go back. How did you learn about all of this? Because, yeah. obviously, you... you you shifted careers, so did, where did you learn about all, all the gelato making? It's, it, it honestly came with just diving into it. And uh, as we all know, running a business is all by itself a business in the United States. So that's aside. So that difficulty applies across the board everyone else. Uh, but the focusing on to what we make in here, 
learning the palettes, uh, learning actually the neighborhoods that we're in, uh, learning what people enjoy more, what are the sweetness levels and what, where they start reacting, what kind of events are there. Uh, we are obviously um, in certain neighborhoods and we're really engaged. Uh, being in four walls or rather operating from brick and mortar has its benefits but also disadvantages with because you're limited to that space. With that, we've uh, last few years, we expanded our reach here, our experience mm -hmm. outside of our places with our little mm -hmm. mini Piazzo Apet truck, we our tricycles, our little units. We start going into people's place. Mm -hmm. So calling it community, mm -hmm. we went where the community is mm -hmm. at. That gave us more opportunity to expose and share what we get to. And also while we're sharing, we're learning from them as well, yeah. what they needed. So all that information coming, being outside or being inside, start morphing the business into what it is today. So I can't honestly tell you that the this was all this kind of was the vision. Yeah. Actually vision was something, this is in the core of this, but a lot of things start morphing around it. Right. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Because along with that, I, I'm learning every day. Mm -hmm. And that keeps you stimulated and more <laughs> engaged and more, Absolutely. more happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so in general, I mean, it's summertime. Well, we're coming up on summer. So what are some exciting things in the future or some ingredients or flavors that you're looking forward to this summer? Oh, um, there's quite a few coming in. So we I, we just finalized the recipe uh, with guava, red guava and papaya. Oh my. Um, papaya has been always like a challenge. I enjoy it a lot, but it's always been a Texture. challenge because it's a very buttery and it's not forward mm -hmm. flavor. We are, we are extremely happy with that recipe. So that's going to be beginning of this summer. We're going to have for a long time. We secured quite a bit of inventory. And just yesterday, we uh, got the, the videos of our new pistachio order. So summer of pistachio. Oh, we have great. <laughs> huge load of pistachio coming just processed. Um, that's going to be the pure pistachio from all world. Green gold is coming in. But along with that, we're going to still have the Nutellas and with the either cheesecake or the banana Nutella mm -hmm. will continue. Um, there's there's a lot. What do you think I'm about really that papaya? The papaya sounds really <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, the guava papaya is it's turned yeah impressive. That's interesting. I don't think I've had those two flavors together before. Guava and papaya. It's it, it was kind of like a putting them together a little bit because papaya tends to within other. Um, tropical flavors, it kind of goes into in own category and it's a bit more mute mm -hmm. compared to most of them. I think they complemented each other really well. Yeah. Going further into that, because I know you like experimenting with different ingredients. Yeah. What are some ingredients you're hoping to want to try out in the future? Oh, absolutely. So the so I was just in a large trade show for the restaurant industry and being connected with the pretty much our industry from the old world as well. Get a lot of information, a lot of new things start coming in. Obviously, our biggest uh, drive right now is getting the processed sugar out of the entire product yes. line. With that, we're introducing a full line of popsicles this year. Um, the, these popsicles are going to be limited to 10 flavors at mm -hmm. the beginning. And... 
about 60% of them are not going to contain any processed sugar. They're going to be sweetened with the fruit itself, grape sugar, date sugar, and these are not taken out. It's actually with the date implemented inside. Uh, we're going to have agave implemented, maple syrup is going to be used quite a bit. Um, trying to take the glycemic index as low mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. possible and guilt aspect too. Mm -hmm. yeah. But also, it's good thing to do mm -hmm. and we're really excited. We run already a few recipes, especially with the date, uh, the, the vegan Nutella. Uh -huh. Oh my, uh, oh my god, I uh. think it's contributing my wit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to get in the business of tasting. <laughs> tasting. Plus, you have a date popsicle. Date, okay. yeah. Hazelnut and date, and then, uh, which is basically, I also made the chocolate version of it with the vegan chocolate. It's a, that vegan Nutella is something special. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm excited for this. I heard date, so I was like, I've never heard date popsicle. So those are coming out, and then we're also implementing that into a somewhat an experience as well. It's like a dipping station. You're going to have your choice of personalization, and who doesn't like to decorate your, their own? Oh, everybody loves uh, it. Everybody loves it. So what are you cooking at home? Ooh. Um, so uh, I, I'm. Well, first I don't know how you have the time because y'all don't know. Like Tolga's <laughs> always working. Like I'm always blown away. Like I come to the shop, Tolga's walking around the street. He's over here talking to people in the community. Go to an event, Tolga's on the street giving people <laughs> gelato. So, but whenever you have time to cook at home, what are you cooking? Um, I I really like the. My wife is exceptionally good at kitchen. So like a, anything complex. It's on her wheelhouse, and she just like a, yeah. whips it out really quick and but exquisite. I, on the other hand, I really like quick, simple, but it's still simple. elegant. Yeah, I'm a huge nerd with the piadina, the the from Emilia Romagna region, the this bread, and basically following it with a really good quality cheese, and then they they have this squacorone. If you can find it here, it's cozy. A bit of that, and a little bit of the cold cuts. That's a really nice quick lunch for me. Beyond that, it's more of a like a simplistic sauce pastas. Uh, pasta is my biggest weakness. <laughs> I can eat pasta every day for two meals, and I would not complain once. It's it's, and living around here, I enjoy like steaming really good salmon. Yeah, that's those are my honestly just go to simple. And then once in a while we do eccentric stuff, if I learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the bigs and, bigs and goodies are all on my wife's wheelhouse and she just, yeah, awesome. you, you're seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, from home to eating out, so give our listeners some recommendations that you, some of your favorite places you'd like to go eat at? Oh, absolutely. I'll be more than happy. It's a... Uh, Seattle is really, really exquisite when it comes to the f feeding frenzy. It's just <laughs> every direction that you go, you find something unique, special, and exquisite, and incredible chefs and incredible businesses. So none of these basically exclude anybody out. These are just kind of popping up in my head. When I'd like to have like a noodle and things, I really love the Jean noodle over in mm -hmm. University Oh, District. yeah. I was just there last week. Me too. <laughs> It is so nice, and there is many 
just like mm-hmm. them too. Uh, and then when it comes to Italian food, I really enjoy all of them, but Mondelo's are neighbor right here. Mm-hmm. It's a small family from Sicily and they do exclusive jobs. Enza in particular is, I really love it. And then gnocchi there, gorgonzola gnocchi, the best anywhere. It's homemade gnocchi, no care is given, it's just just delicious, just delicious. Um, then I love cheese wizards, and again, going to simplistic, I, when, it, when I wanted to do something mm-hmm. like a Chinook for is always our go-to uh, for the fish. Okay. It's kind of almost became, mm-hmm. they're so consistent, they're so, yeah, amazing. Um, We've been fortunate to go to Ethan Stoll restaurants, mm-hmm. and he's obviously it goes without saying. Um, Super Bueno has been our kind of another destination, if you will. We love Tutabella. Uh, we yeah, we consume quite a bit of pizza there, as you can see. <laughs> uh, and yeah, on and on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you these, so much. These are what I really take. Yeah, no, yeah. people want to know because, you know, I mean, we know where we go when we eat. Yeah. I am listening. <laughs> it's, it's, everything's about with. <laughs> with control. Well, I go for the, like the one shape. <laughs> the straight shape. Yeah, I'm trying um, to keep the square. Sh- <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to keep the square also. <laughs> Um, well, that's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Tolga, for joining yeah, us. Thank you so much. This is such a pleasure. It's always super nice seeing you guys, but this is a wonderful opportunity. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And that was our interview with Tolga Saman of Nutty Scroll Gelato. Monica, I'm starting to rethink my career because <laughs> I wish I was as passionate as Tolga about gelato making as I was as I am about my job. Not that I don't love my job, but my goodness, Tolga loves doing what he does. Absolutely. And we've known Tolga for a while. And I have to admit, some of the things that he said in the interview just blew me away. Like I completely wasn't aware of it. And for those of you who are out and about at events, really, you should be looking for Carmelo. Carmelo is that little gelato truck that we've been talking about that Tolga was talking about. And so you can find them at events just like the Summer Solstice Night Market. And they're also available for catering. And I'm not sure people really know that. And so if you have a special event like a wedding or a party where you could use some gelato, some really good artisan gelato, they're probably a great great company to call. And also their storefronts. I think what I love about their storefronts, Nelson, is that they're largely centered around community. I mean, we were just, every time we're there in Magnolia visiting Tolga, there's always kids just walking by randomly just waving at him. And he just, he just loves it. Like he's, he's here, Mm -hmm. there and everywhere. But that sense of community about people knowing their place, like we belong here and we're part of what goes on here. And even just kids feeling safe, just walking in and, you know, bringing all their friends and middle schoolers. I think that's so cool. Yeah. He was telling a story. I don't think it was during the interview, mm-hmm. but kids would after school would drop off their backpacks in front of the store mm-hmm. and would come in and would just sample all the different flavors of gelato. Toga and the rest of the Nutty Squirrel crew are, are just very graciously just handing out the different samples and they're just really great with the kids Mm -hmm. and and i have nothing but great things to say about toga and nutty squirrel gelato 
Absolutely. Um, I've loved every experience and so value getting to know not just the company and their center, but getting to know individuals um, from Toga and his entire staff in the lab. So it's just, they're fantastic. Okay. Well, that's pretty much our show for today. Monica, any last words before we head out of here? I don't think I'm going to eat for two days. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm good. Two two days, more like two weeks for me. (laughs) I'm good. It is going to be protein shakes and keto the rest of the way, guys. Man, it's rough. I'm not and feeling when I mean good. Rest of the way, and when I mean rest of the way, we're talking into 2020. Man. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty much our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you enjoy our latest episode. And happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.